Hello, welcome back to Burgers, Beers and Books. My name is Ben Hobson and this is the podcast where I interview your favourite authors about their favourite books. Uh, Yeah, very excited to be here today. Um, I'm about to hit record um, or zoom in to record an interview with Karen Wilde. Um, Incredibly excited to interview Karen about a book she holds near and dear, which is called Beauty is a Wound by Eka Korniawan. Um, yeah, really incredible book. Excited to talk to Karen. Um, but a bit of news as well. This will be uh, my final podcast record just for a little while. I believe Danny from Words and Nerds is going to rerun a couple of the old episodes, but I, I really just need to take a bit of a pause on the um, the monthly record and reading of these books uh, while I work on something new myself. So I'm just going to hit pause for a little while. Um, but yeah, I just really want to thank all of you for listening to all of these podcasts and hitting me up. And uh, yeah, I hope, hope you've been enjoying them and hope, uh, yeah, just whatever adventures you go on and whatever reads you have is just really warming to you. I found it really awesome to read all these incredible books uh, these authors have recommended and almost I can almost say nearly every single one of them was outside of my reading um, taste I guess and I just I feel like I've really had a bit of a masterclass and I guess you know the best way to learn how to write is to read right and so <laughs> I've had a real masterclass in reading so many different awesome books but yeah thank you so much for listening to me ramble on and interview these awesome people about their favorite books but uh, yeah, on with the show. Let's hear from Karen. All right, Karen, welcome to. Uh, Bur- I always get the name mucked up. Burgers, beers, and books. <laughs> Thank you so much for being uh, the special. I guess you're the headlining act for the very final episode. You know, the best of the best. Oh no. Yeah, there's no pressure. <laughs> Um, But we're here to talk about one of your favourite books. I don't know whether it's your favourite of all Mm -hmm. time, but Eka Korniawan, Beauty is a Wound, and I um, I practised saying his name um, to get it right. I hope I did. But, um, man, can we talk about very quickly uh, just, yeah, how did you come to this book? Why is it a particular favourite of yours? What is it about this particular book that you love so much? Um, well, I'd, I'd not heard of him at, when I first saw it. Like, it was during my very brief time of trying to be a bookshop owner. Oh. And, um, it's a, yeah, and there's a book I ordered, and I just loved the cover and the title, and it's like, oh, no, that one's going home with me. It's an amazing um, title. <laughs> like, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. And it was about that time, anywhere that he got listed for a book of four, Man Tiger. Mm. But uh, this one's my, I prefer this one. And I've already also read um, Kitchen Cursed, which is is his short stories, which is a lot more modern. Yeah, but, right. Um, Was this the first one of this his one you just, read? Yeah, yeah. And it just had that hook. I mean, I'm really into the first sentence hook. <laughs> I've got sometimes it. if the, oh, yeah. I've and got them written maybe down. Maybe right I'll go for a mind. paragraph, but. But if there's not that hook there in the first sentence or paragraph, I give up. But isn't it great, that opening? It's amazing. I've got it here. I'll read it. It says, One afternoon on a weekend in March, Dewi Ayu rose from her grave after being dead for 21 years. (laughs) It's amazing. You're right. It's that instant, like, it's almost like I know 
there's so much story here in that one sentence. Oh, how, yeah. What is happening? Who is this person? And I love the specificity too of one afternoon on a weekend in March. I just, I love that stuff. Yeah. Um, it did really, exactly, remi- exactly. It, re- it really reminded me of um, 100 Years of Solitude too. Of um, course you were going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> No, well, but yeah, the, it's, a, it's a similar opening hook, yeah. Yeah, that that sort of that that it's almost like a lyricism. It's almost like it feels like a fable. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you start to read mm-hmm. it, um, but and the uh, irony, there's irony in that opening too, which is you know all magic realism has that have that lyrical, that irony, that big epic, epic start. Um, and yeah. he was compared to Garbo and One Hundred Years. Mm. Um, and he didn't, he did, you know, from what I've read, he's not rejected that, but um, he's also, he's, it's his own style. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just that I can see where the comparison is, but I feel like he's mm. getting at slightly different things. Um, yes. But can we, I would like to go back because I actually saw uh, that I read your bio um, and that you are currently, and I don't know whether how up to date your bio is, but a master's candidate. <laughs> Is that right? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I sort of gave up. But... <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but COVID. I mean, come on. Oh no! Um, I understand. It, so hard. it is really hard. And... I can't even. I've been trying to think of a yeah. master's thing, and I can't even crack getting to yeah. the start. I don't. It's so hard. And um, I had to change my ideas so many times, but I did recently get guilted into it. It's like, um, hey, you know, we'll give you one more chance. You can do it. So I'm basically right, currently writing a master's thesis in six weeks. Oh, my gosh. And there's no more. I know. And there's no more budge room whatsoever. But um, it's still on magic realism, but I've changed the focus a little bit. Okay. Because I wanted to talk because obviously magical realism is something that you – love and clearly know a lot about but you know what what, how would you classify magical realism and what is it in particular that really interests you about um this style of writing well to begin with it's a narrative technique and not a genre ah yes it's yeah and a lot of people are really very confused so so people that hate it Mm. don't actually know what it is and people that call their work magic realism usually don't know what it is either um it's it's really quite complex to work out what is it um but i think some of the things we've already talked about are some of the characteristics so that irony that that epic story that Mm. that blend of history um the the little bit of gothic, you know, that opening yes. has that little bit of gothic. So there's yes. all those things like that, that that is magic realism. But what it isn't is fantasy. It's, it's definitely based in realism. It's realist text. Um, yeah, and, the, and yeah. the magic part is not like there's a wizard walking around casting spells. It's almost like no. it's like reality but with a hint of the otherworldly maybe. Would that be right in saying yeah, but sometimes I think more often it's a hint of the world we live in. Like, mm. um, do you go bushwalking or do you get into nature? Like, if you go out, it's like that absolutely moments of wonder where it's like, 
yeah. oh wow look at that bird or look at that flock of you know birds or something and i think magic realism takes those moments of awe and they they exaggerate it so i mean of course you can have you know people raising from the dead 52 years later and that sort of stuff but it's often more likely to be nature or science or technology where the magic moments come from yeah yeah i i um and there's a lot of that in this this text but you're right a lot of it is really yes. rooted in even rooted in history too right like a really yep. detailed yep. look at a lot of the history of um indonesia which was really really um yes captivating um yeah can you talk about uh where the fruit falls which is your latest novel um are there any sort of like what where would you draw parallels you know have you have you really captured that magic realism style with that novel how would you describe it or are there any parallels at all well there are moments in there of magic realism for sure um and again like you know when you write it you can feel how it is a narrative technique and not a genre because mm. You know, it is used for per with purpose. And, again, it's that history, like, you know, all magic. I can't think of any magic realism that doesn't delve into multi-generational history it, or, you know, it, it's not – they're not small stories at all. They're big stories. So um, I just love history. And, I mean, you do too, obviously. Yeah, I do. Um, well, yeah, so when I write, I, I will often go back in time. Um, yeah, and we were, yeah. we were talking before we started. It's kind of nice to – I feel sometimes when you go through and you write characters from history, it, it almost like it, it winnows away a lot of the um, a lot of the modern concerns that we have, and I feel like so yeah. much of our modern concern – I don't know whether I find it very interesting sometimes or as interesting as some really core questions um mm. about, you know who you are and culture and your idea of the afterlife and meaning and mm. I, feel, I feel like history kind of gets to that a little bit better at points especially in what I, I like to read and that's what I really loved about this book too is just yeah. how much you how much you feel for these characters and just it's so mm. gripping um you know I, I'm thinking of that early chapter where um Dewi Ayu is going through, um, is a prisoner of war, and that yeah. that stuff is just so gripping and full on, and it's still it's still lyrical and mm. fable like, but it's so it feels realer, like it doesn't feel like it's some off you know off in some land where yeah. you can't understand things, like it feels weightier somehow. Do you think that's true? Yeah, yeah, for sure, and and that's again that technique where where you focus on the mundane, the domestic, the small, everyday, you know, like her struggling in jail, um, mm. to talk about the big, broader picture. So from that, we we had an idea of what it was like during the Japanese occupation for you know someone who was of Dutch heritage. Um, yeah. in ways that we might not have had by reading a history book. But, I mean, one one thing that did struck me with this book too is some, you know, and something that, you know, I tend not to be too keen on is that there was a lot of violence towards the women. Yeah, there the was. Women yes. characters. But when you look at the setting, it's like it was a really violent time for women um, mm. and women. And, and, and that sort of violence is quite common during 
coups and wars and and you know where men are running around doing their thing um but in all of that they were still agenic like they still knew who they were and what they wanted and they were still very Mm. strong and in a lot of ways they they had control over the men Mm. yeah that's really that's really um weighty um there we are you is certainly like that and the way she kind of rules or not rules or roost but the way she almost i don't know how to describe it she almost she almost skips through a lot of this trauma and i don't i know she feels it but she has such a Mm. different um reaction to all the other women who she's um who she's with she's sort of like i'll take what i can get and it's so it's so um interesting um i actually do Mm. a, a section with this um with this podcast karen where i call it bad reads and it's where it's where okay. I, I i don't know how you go but i sometimes really enjoy <laughs> loving books like five out of five for me you know one of the most profound reading experiences i get this sick perverse pleasure from reading one star reviews of those books because i'm like oh i see like every yeah. people who don't like it and this yeah. This book, when I had a look at a few of the one-star reviews, um, what you just mentioned is actually pretty much the one thematic. It was one star. Um, I cannot mm. read. There's so much violence towards women. There's so much sexual assault and things like that. But do you feel like do you feel like Ecker did handle these moments well? I certainly agree with you that I think he he paints a lot of very strong women in these books. But I'm wondering for your opinion on it. I think he did, like, you know, um, I think he wrote it in a way that you could see he really cared for those characters. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, and he, he made them extremely deep and rounded. It's, it's They weren't just there because a lot of times when you read books and the violence mm-hmm. towards women is used as a prop, prop you know, it's, it's usually – to to show how the male character you know their behavior or or shows how the woman became wounded and traumatized yes but it's the opposite here all the women are very strong like yes you know the four daughters and and you know um they're very strong yeah 100 Um, percent. they're really strong women and a lot of the time yeah, it's like they're taking ownership of a lot of that scene, those scenes as well. Like it's not, you're right. It's not, it's not a plot device. Yeah. They're not just objects to move around in a plot. They're, they're the main focus no. of the story. So yeah, I'd agree with you on yeah. that. And it's not the violence that makes them strong because that's another issue with some books where the women have to go through a violent moment to become strong characters yeah, or vengeful. Yes. They're not, you know, like. This bad things that happen to them happen to them, and they move on. Mm. Um, yeah, geez, that's but really. But they don't. They don't forgive either. You know, they they have the upper hand. Yeah, and I, I yeah, that's really profound. I think what you what you just said. Yeah, hundred percent agree with that. Um, I'd like to. I also do a thing where I, I like to talk about Eka Kearney Owen, and I wanted to talk. I like reading some quotes from them about how they feel about their own books and and writing the authors Mm -hmm. 
so he said this because he was asked a question about how you know how he went about exploring Indonesian history. Um, mm. And he said, to be honest, this wasn't my intention with the novel. There are some other Indonesian mm. writers who did a great job with their with this in their historical novels. My first intention was to write a ghost story, and you can still read Beauty oh, yeah. in that way. It's the story yeah. of a ghost's vengeance, and that's how the novel became what it is now. But I was wondering about, uh, do you ever feel like authors sometimes intend for a thing and then the thing turns out to be completely different from what they meant? Yeah, totally. But I would still say that it is a ghost story because the gothic in there is quite strong. Yeah. Um, but it probably got bigger than what he thought. I mean, how could it not? I mean, the, the era that he was looking at, the mm. history of Indonesian history then, I mean, how could it not be a big epic story? Um, yeah. Do you think yeah. he started off with that, like, or did he just start? Yeah, I'm just, I just, I find the process of this stuff so interesting. Do you think he just started with that opener and then just started exploring these people and they just sort of came to him as he went telling the story? Or do you... He, surely that must have been the way he did it because I can't, how would you, I mean, it's so intricate too, though. I mean, he must have had some sort of chart. Yeah. I don't, no idea. Well, yeah, I, I don't know his writing process um, or whether, I mean, because, like, the opening is not always the first thing you write anyway. No. I don't know. I mean, do you write from beginning to end? No, absolutely not. No, I was, I'm very jumbled. It takes a lot to sort of sift, yeah. sift through it at the end, I think. Um, mm. he, he also said this, which I loved. I wanted to talk to you about it. it uh, so he said, I think Wei Young performance, um, and he says, I particularly mm. enjoy Wei Young Golak from Western Java, has given me a kind mm -hmm. of philosophical attitude towards art and literature, like toys for kids. Art and literature have to be something, something serious and at the same time mm. playful. And do you think that's the sort of thing that you really look for in in what you read and what you write as well? Is like, a, yes, it's very serious, but oh, there yeah. is a type of play to it as well. It's creativity. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I definitely look for, for that blend. Um, and I'm very fussy as well. I'm a fussy reader. Um, <laughs> but when you find that blend, it's like, oh, wow. Um, for it's sure. such a it's such a fine line to hit though because I just actually I found um, the play I, I I actually listened to this book I ended up listening to it via audiobook um, which I okay. don't normally do uh, but there was one scene and I just I laughed so much and it's very rare for a book to make me really laugh out loud and it's I'm glad it's, you liked it I, re I really did. Um, Right at the start, it says this. I'll read it to you, but, man, it made me laugh. 21 years yep. ago, she had died 12 days after giving birth to a hideous baby girl, so hideous mm. that the midwife assisting her couldn't be sure whether it really was a baby and thought that maybe it was a pile of shit, since the holes where a baby comes out and where shit comes out are only two centimetres apart. I laughed so like, like I had to pause. I had to pause it. I just found... And he kept coming back to the description of this poor baby girl. And it's just gotten worse and worse. Um, With the electric socket face. Remember? That's exactly. The, 
man it's it's just so well done though like it's a genuine laugh and yeah. just trying to write humor i think humor in a book seems to be yeah. sometimes the hardest thing to write but um yeah what did you make of the sense of humor in the book oh i loved it i i, I really loved the humor um you read many books yeah. where you laugh out loud not often no um I mean, I can still find it funny without laughing out loud, but I think when you're listening to it, um, you're more likely probably to react verbally. Hmm. Not that I listen to books. I've don't. I've never listened to audio book. Um, this is my. This was my second one. The second one I've okay. ever listened to. Yeah, um, I just had a lot of books to read this this um, yeah. this month, and so I, I thought I'll listen to this one. Because I drive to work every day for forty minutes, so I had a lot of time in the car, and it was so good. And um, okay, really gripping. Once well, it get... is a chunky book. I mean, it's very large. It is a big book. Yeah, it is big. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was sixteen hours all up. Yep. Yeah. Um, so have um, you go. Yeah, go on. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. Um. I was just going to say, like, I was really glad that I found this book because just before that, I think it was just before that, um, I, I actually went to Bali to Uber Festival. I went over oh, there to volunteer. Yeah. Um, and I remember, no, it was the time before because I've been there twice. So the first time I went to Bali, I, I was desperate to get Indonesian writing because, I mean, mm. in Australia, because we don't get we don't get a lot of imports here unless they hit the big prize. And like with this one, it'd been out, the book had been out, what, 10 years before it was translated in English. Yeah. And then it was probably, was probably, you know, on the back of the Man Tiger Booker listing that it then got sold more here. But so when I went over there, it's like, oh, I really want to find Indonesian books. Um, mm. And I remember going to a bookshop in Ubud and they, they were confused. It's like, what? And they showed me a whole lot of books, and they were all by white people wow. writing about Indonesia. And they're just, they're just going, no, we don't have any novels. And it's like, why? You have to have one. And I did finally find one. Yeah. Um. And again, it's quite, it's quite violent towards women. But um. Then when later when I wrote, read Beauty's Wound, there was a lot of similarities with that gothic and the treatment of women and that wow. slightly, you know, magic realism thing. So it's like it sort of helped me understand where Eka's coming from as well with his writing style. Um, so the book that I did get there was The Rape of, and excuse my pronunciations, I'm dyslexic and I'm really bad at pronouncing things, The Rape of Sukrini, which okay. was by Anak Agung Panji Tisna. And it's quite an older book. I think it was written in the 50s or something. Yeah. Um, but from there, like I have tried to source more Indonesian books, but most of the ones I found are set in modern days, like not mm. not um set back in that history. And and I understand that too, because there's, you know, there are issues writing for Indonesian writers to be writing off the histories of the sixties when when the 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 genocide occurred. Yeah. Um. So it's understandable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's all. It sounds like it, it came to you at the right point, and it is a shame that there's not mm. more um, 
trans i mean yeah we we don't get a lot of translations here from indonesia i have i this is the first mm. indonesian book i've probably read in fact i'm pretty sure it is mm. that's a bit not good mm. really, isn't it um oh you have to read some more then i'll have to read some more um, for sure yeah. <laughs> and then yeah 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 um all well, right. um, Tiger's very short book. I mean, that's that will only take you a couple of hours to read. What's that one, man? That was called Man Tiger. Man Tiger, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll have a look at that one for sure. Um, all right, Karen. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the the podcast today. Um, okay. I've had a bit of a masterclass this last. I've done this podcast for a year and a half, and I've just I've read so many books I would never have picked up, and I feel really um, yeah grateful all the authors and and you um for you know bringing me all this wonderful stuff that i wouldn't have read otherwise so thank you very much it was a really really challenge to pick one book like how do you I know. pick one book it's so hard um <laughs> yeah yeah i've had um i've had a lot of people who end up not even being able to narrow it down <laughs> we sort of they give me like a a list of you know five or six and i have to sort of just oh we'll do this one um it's really difficult but yeah it's just these are some of my favorite conversations whenever you um mm. meet other writers it's just really fun to talk about other people's books i find <laughs> rather than your yeah. own <laughs> well i'm just really happy that you liked it i mean that was the pressure too of like what can i pick that he likes as we would like as well so no, i'm really happy you liked it i read it it was really up my alley there was a lot of stuff in there that i really loved all right well um yeah. Thank you, Karen. I'll uh, yeah, I'll let you go, but I uh, appreciate you. your time and thank you for being part of the Burger Fears and Books. Yep, we'll enjoy your break. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to try to write something, I think, but we'll see how we go. Yay! <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks, Karen.